Welcome to Still Scared Talking Children's Horror, a podcast about creepy, spooky and disturbing children's books, films and TV. I'm Ren Wednesday, my co-host is Adam Wybray. Our podcast is a year old and today we're talking about The Malevolence by Tom Burgess. A full transcript of this episode will be available, so check the show notes for that. Enjoy! Good evening, Adam. Good evening. So, for this episode, we have to pretend that we're not sitting in front of our computers in bedrooms and computer rooms and trying not to make too much noise on our squeaky chairs, but instead sitting in front of a bonfire in the woods, roasting sweet potatoes in the fire, while strange creatures make chitinous noises in the trees. Because... Because it's, it's Brexit ghost- Britain! yes you got it in one well done (laughs) also it's halloween oh oh, so yeah we have to make our own podcasts out of sticks (laughs) that's right um yeah the podcasts of the future are just uh creatures in the trees making noises but at least we have our pride so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and furthermore, it is our first anniversary episode. Oh, um, we're a year older. Birthday. Ha- oh, thank! Happy birthday to us! And Aww. a year older, yeah. a year creakier. A year creepier. Mm, I think. I don't know if they go hand in hand. Being creaky, and being creepy. <laughs> Maybe if you're an item of uh, furniture. Yeah. I mean, and who's to say we're not? Mm, you don't know. You can only hear our voices. Yeah. We could be. I haven't even seen you in person for uh, several years. So. <laughs> so I may have transformed into a creepy wardrobe <laughs> in the meantime. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's open to possibility. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've been um, talking about... Uh, ghosts and witches and werewolves and wheelers and haunted puppets and clown scarecrows uh, for a whole year. Well, and... more, more than a year. We just weren't making anyone else listen to us talk about these things <laughs> previously. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, but um still feels like there's a lot there's a lot to cover. Oh, so, um, gosh, yeah. It still feels like we've only scratched the surface, to be honest. Yeah. Like, um, it, it feels like I sort of discover more and more, really. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I was worried at first that we'd run out of things. You know? <laughs> oh, how naive. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> we do Coraline and... Um, 
a few goosebumps uh, and there they are like yeah and that, that'll be it but um we haven't even done Coraline and we're at 20 plus episodes a year in oh, and there's that's ridiculous. so much Coraline's more. my favorite <laughs> i know <laughs> Coraline's the reason we're doing this <laughs> pretty <yet>. much yeah <laughs> um, episode 100 there we go yeah? yeah, is that going to be Coraline? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I'm up for that. <laughs> we'll have such um, such troves of uh, knowledge and nuance by then. It'll be oh, exactly. We'll dissect it like a fish. <laughs> yeah, just like a fish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> So, so you wanted to assess so, what we've learned. Yeah, what, what have we what have we learned? Um, well, I've made a few notes. Um, mm-hmm. Homes. I mean, I kind of already knew this, but homes becoming other and unwelcoming. I mean, that's a real yep. Coraline trope. Um, mm-hmm. but it came up really nicely in Marianne Dreams as well, of course. Yes. But yes, and. Um, um mercedes ice has a bit of that as well yes that's true um and thornhill although thornhill was never really welcoming no Um, but i guess there's always the question of whether the child can adapt to this home or not you know whether they can use mm. tactics um to find a way like mercedes does for most of the book um Mm -hmm. until it's all exploded and then obviously um he loses his kingship. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of buildings, a lot of homes. Um, definitely. Um, I mean, I think I've mentioned before about yeah the the familiar becoming unfamiliar being a a trope of children's horror, and yeah, we've seen that with with homes and houses. I think it's also though that children can't drive. Apart from toy cars, I guess. And some of them might be able to drive, but, you know, they're not allowed to drive. Um, yeah. And they can't... Some of them are probably better at driving than me. Oh, yeah, and me. I can't drive. But, um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but nevertheless, we're ne- superior nev- because nevertheless, we're... I, I have money and I can go and get a train and I don't need... I don't... Uh, you know, I mean, I might go with someone else but you know theoretically it's my right to buy a uh, being a british citizen it's my right to get a train uh-huh yeah i mean even if i've got nowhere to go i can get a train and i can sit in my train seat and uh, then write an angry letter to the telegraph if my ticket is checked more than once <laughs> You are a gentleman of a certain I am, age. I am now a gentleman of a certain age. We've been doing this for a year. I think it's true. <laughs> um, but, you know, <laughs> what, what I'm going at in a roundabout way is that um, when you're a child, your home makes up a fair portion of your world, right? Even more than, I yeah. think, when you're an adult. Um, that the home and the school, um, you know, become... Uh, your world to a degree and so if you are um uncomfortable at home or at school or these places become threatening it's not very easy for you to escape basically mm-hmm. and i think this ties into 
My second point, the fear of not being believed and of monstrous authority figures. Yep. Because if, say, you have a teacher or, or a, a demon headmaster um, mm-hmm. who's up to various nefarious no-goodings, then um, if your parents don't believe you, you're in a pickle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that fear of... That recognition that as a kid you don't have much power and that there's a whole world of adults who do have power and can circumscribe your movements and what you're able to do and what you can't do and that if they abuse that power, who do you turn to apart from other potentially Mm -hmm. devious authority figures? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we've definitely seen some... uh some bands of children um, against uh, adult authority figures. Um, thinking of the chrysalids. Oh, yeah, of course. Particular. Um, um, and the demon headmaster. Um, but yeah, that's definitely, um, that's definitely a reoccurring theme, I think. And I think the fear, and this is whether these are human um, monsters, if you will, uh, or... Um, humanoid figures like, say, the aliens in Interstellar Pig. Um, mm. These monstrous figures being merciless. Mm-hmm. I think the idea that even though you're a child, there's no way to appeal to their sympathies or better judgment. Mm-hmm. Like, say, with the witches. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter if you're the sweetest, kindest, nicest child in the world, the witches want to squish you and squash you and annihilate you. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that there's just absolutely no reasoning with the witches. Yeah. Or say, likewise, that the aliens in Stella Pig, like, mm-hmm. you know, that the, the, they are completely merciless in their stance towards humans. Yeah. So I, I think that's, that's quite scary. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think maybe there's that hope as a child that... You know, maybe horrible adults will be a bit easier on you because you're a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so having that safety buffer taken away, I think, is scary. Hmm. Yep. And he talked about groups, but I think sometimes there's also the fear of groupthink, right? Um, that fear mm-hmm. of being the single person who sticks out right that everyone else is either hypnotized or deceived or in on something that you're not in on Mm -hmm. and that you end up in the position of being you against the world i think that's pretty scary as a kid oh yeah um yeah we get a bit of that in um house of stairs yeah Um, with um well, it's two of them at the end, but they're the only ones who are resisting both the machine and the authority figures who put them in the machine. Yeah, absolutely. It's something you see a lot of in young adult fiction, like The Hunger Games as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, finally, perhaps, the fear of being accidentally evil. Oh, yeah. So that fear of being 
cursed or doomed, especially by something that was out of your control or that you accidentally did and didn't mean to. So, uh-huh. um, I was thinking of which week. Oh, yeah. And obviously some of the children respond with pleasure to the knowledge that they're a witch, but some, like our protagonists, are sort of overwhelmed with fear and shame and horror at discovering that they're these somehow evil figures without, you know, even knowing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing that's... um that's out of control yeah and it's something that they can't run away from as well because it's part of them mm-hmm yeah having yeah having powers of that um that you don't know what they are or how they work and they make people fear you um, you get that in the chrysalids as well right yeah. Um Yeah. And perhaps the accidental ghosts of Beetlejuice. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um the lovely ghosts. The lovely ghosts. The ghosts who were nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um Hmm. <laughs> I think also, yeah, good stuff. just just while it's on my mind, uh, I don't know if mm. you have to think if we've encountered this yet, but I've just been thinking about Narnia a bit recently. I don't know if I ever cover Narnia because they're not really horror, but mm. the last battle really bothered me and upset me as a kid. Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay, they all die, so of course it's going to be upsetting. Apart from Susan because she likes boys, so she goes to hell. But um, you know, they they all mm. end up going to Care Paravel, right? So yeah, if you're brought mm. up to believe in heaven, this isn't such a tragic ending. But I've got a very atheistic dad, so uh, I definitely <laughs> didn't believe in heaven as a kid. Believed in hell a bit, not so much heaven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's what having an atheist dad and a Catholic aunt will do to you, I think. <laughs> but um, one thing that really upset me is that after the train crash, they're dead and they don't know it. Mm-hmm. So they're walking through Narnia, being like, hey, we're back in Narnia. How did that happen? Oh, I remember this kind of jolt and we were on a train, oh. weren't we? And we kind of know that they're dead, yet they don't know yet. That really yeah. freaked me out as a kid. That not yeah. knowing the idea that you may be dead or you may be ill or something might have gone wrong, and yet you're oblivious. Oh, yeah. I mean, that ties into my, my actually, like, number one children's horror, uh, horror experience. Um from the Moomins, <laughs> um, which we might do an episode on. Oh, yeah, point, we definitely but... should. There's quite a bit of horror in the Moomins. Yeah, but um, there is this... When they find this magical hat that transforms things, um, so they put some eggshells in it and it turns into pink clouds and they're all floating about and it's lovely. Uh, but then they play hide-and-seek and Moomin Trial hides in the hat. Um and then he comes out and he's sort of transformed into this strange looking creature, but he doesn't realize it. And everyone's all like, like, Oh, what's this? Like, Oh, how did you get in the house? And he's like, Oh, it's me, Moomin Troll. And like, that just 
absolutely terrified me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's the idea that, you know, his mother doesn't recognise him. He's like, it's me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it, see, once, once we've collected up all these tropes, we can write the scariest children's story that ever existed and traumatise yeah. a whole new generation of kids <laughs> like we were traumatised. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the end yeah, game yeah, of the of podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't already apparent. <laughs> um... <laughs> Cool. Um, Shall we talk about our topic for today? Yeah. um, Yes, we've had a request. Yeah, so um, this one is a bit different from usual in that the author, Tom Burgess, approached us on Twitter to see if we were interested in talking about his graphic novellas. And we had a look at them and thought they'd be pretty good. Um, So... In the interest of full disclosure, we um, have access to to free digital copies of these stories, um, but we're going to just talk about them in our regular way. With watermarks, <laughs> but I, I don't think that particularly impacted my enjoyment. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, spoilers and all that. Um, um, and mostly we're going to talk about uh, malevolence, uh, with a T-S, as in several malevolence. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> um, Man, I left uh, it to you to say the name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just realised that a malevolent isn't really a... Thing. Isn't really a thing. <laughs> but if it were, it would be the plural of that. <laughs> um this is really the only young adult ish um one out of the three the trilogy of tom's horror themed graphic novels it's probably it's the only one with teenage protagonists Mm. um so yeah that's the one we're going to talk about most um illustrated by joe betchy um so in uh, Malevolence, uh, click, click, a group of school kids have dared each other to stay the night in 50 Berkeley Square, which is a notorious haunted house. Um, they have a Ouija board, um, but before they even get to use it, one of the group starts telling the story of a boy called Billy Bloor. Um, Billy was dared to stay in the same house, in the same room they were in, and summon the spirit of a ghost called Mags with the Ouija board. Um, Mags was born into the rich family who lived in the house back when it was flourishing, um, but was declared, quote, wrong in the head and kept inside out of the way. Uh, one day he attacked and this, uh, he escaped and attacked a couple and ripped their tongues out. After that, he was kept locked in the attic by his brother, where he screamed his vocal cords to shreds, until all he could do was click his tongue to call for food. Um, Eventually, his brother couldn't stand the incessant clicking, and he left Mags to starve to death in the attic. Um, So, Billy completes the dare and feels quite smug about it, because nothing seems to have happened. 
but soon he starts to feel like he's being watched and starts seeing things out of the corner of his eye and getting cold chills. And it's clear that he's got the attention of Mags. And Billy starts to become undone. He's being pursued by the click-clicking noise wherever he goes until finally he returns to the house in Berkeley Square and sets it and himself on fire. Um, so the, the girl finishes telling the story and one of the boys is like, oh yeah, it's all true. The caretaker told me and he, he bet that we, we wouldn't stay the night here. Um, also, this Ouija board is the one that Billy brought with him. Um, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> by, by the way. Um, they scoff, but then the caretaker himself turns up and he says that he had to bring them there because Mags is restless and he needs the tongues. And they try to leave, but the, the withered, wild-eyed face of Mags rips through the wall and the last panel is the lights going off in the house with the words click, click. <laughs> <laughs> um so it's a good creepy classic kind of ghost story yeah very much um, set up um like a story told round the very fire we're sat in front of now Ooh, it's warm Ooh. and toasty but our backs are cold and maybe there are things lurking in the woods <laughs> 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 um, so i mean visually i think Mags is pretty scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looks suitably kind of gnarled and knotted, like he was hewn out of some old tree. Um, mm -hmm. I really like the um, the panel of Mags emerging from the wall in particular. Um, yeah. It reminded me... Yes. Sorry. It reminded me quite a bit of a similar panel in a Junji Ito comic, Uzumaki, um, it's all about a town infected by spirals and there's <laughs> a sort of man who grows these sort of spiracular maggoty growths basically um uh -huh. and and there's a bit when he comes through the wall and uh yeah his his face is sprouted and it reminded mm. me quite a lot of that image um and in fact um the special edition of the comic comes with a foreword mm. by Junji Ito. Mm. Um, so, I, yeah, I definitely saw an influence in as much as... I think Ito sometimes probes into more existential horrors. But, you know, there's a real uh, Monster of the Week flavour to Ito's stuff as well. That mm -hmm. Ito clearly loves monsters. You know, he loves old-fashioned ghost stories. Um, yeah. He loves things that go bump in the night. And I think you get the sense that Tom also just really likes these sort of later night creepy tales. Yeah, definitely. That in a way, um, some of the pleasure is that we don't get too distracted by psychology. Um, which I think mm. I think in this in this context kind of works. That uh, It's not really about that. Um, it's more about the kind of simple pleasure of storytelling and the way that with those sort of folkloric stories you never quite know if there's any germ of truth to them or not mm -hmm. yeah and I, I do really enjoy these kind of ghost stories um <laughs> i um I, I i keep um wanting to watch um the haunting of hill house which is just on netflix at the moment and people keep talking about how good it is but I'm 
so bad at dealing with tension in a TV or film that I, whenever like it's dark and creepy music starts playing, I can't look at the screen and like just start reading things on my phone instead to diffuse the tension. It'd be pretty scary though if the same scary image appeared on the phone when. <laughs> yeah, that, that would get me. But um, uh, shout out to it... Mackie to uh, hopefully put that one, get the wheels on that one moving. <laughs> um, so I have yeah, I've both this this drive to 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 enjoy ghost stories, but also um really quite a scaredy cat so <laughs> i enjoyed this because so, <laughs> it didn't have spooky music <laughs> so well you could have put on spooky music while reading uh, yeah but it was it was it was good and creepy but um i was actually able to read it there's <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> a good quote from a horror podcast <laughs> I have um yeah quite a disadvantage in the uh, in in the horror reviewing field. <laughs> Ren had just one fatal flaw. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. Did, so this is set in London, right? Hmm. Like, did you hear much talk of local London ghosts when you were? When you were young, uh, in London, did you hear about the ghosts? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. Like, no, no ghosts Sorry. in your school or, you know? Oh, the there was a ghost oh, in my school. Oh, there we go, yeah. there we go. I knew there'd be one. Yeah, no, my, my school was um, like 400 years old um, and there was a, <laughs> there was a staircase that... Um, that the students weren't allowed to walk up or down. It was a staff-only staircase. Um, but that, because it was so old and it was, like, part of, like, the oldest part of the building, um, and apparently someone had been murdered around those stairs. And um, I had a friend who um, said she was quite sensitive to these things and she said those stairs definitely had a creepy aura. So, wow, there we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, living here in Suffolk, there's obviously the uh, the old folk tale of Black Shuck, the demonic dog. Um, and I'm pretty, <laughs> yeah. and I'm pretty scared of dogs, so I definitely wouldn't want to come a, come across. Yeah, it's loosely what Hound of the Baskervilles was based on. Oh, okay. Um, just a big, a big ghost dog, basically. <laughs> Mm. Mm. Also, I mean, my dad um, is a ghost. Has, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he's a he's a, a vicar, and um, not just a did... vicar. He's like a bishop or something now, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, but but back when this when this is relevant, he when he was <laughs> a humble vicar. Um, a regular vicar he he got sometimes had to go to people's houses when um uh if they they to bless them if they felt that there was something creepy in the house so he sometimes got to go and bless houses 
did, where there might be ghosts. Did, it, did he ever report back on like something that he felt was supernatural? Well, he said they went into this um, into a room that that the, these people wanted blessing, and he said it did have a have a weird feeling to it, like it felt cold and unfriendly. Mm. I, I, mm. I once looked around a house and it had a bit of a weird feeling, but I think that was mostly because mm. there was like a plastic baby's high chair and an empty <laughs> can of beer left on it. <laughs> Which I think gave me a really bad ambience, so I don't know if it was actually like haunted or anything, or if it was just the empty Haunted beer. by a drunk baby. <laughs> oh, that's the saddest thing. God. Dickens really missed a trick not writing about that one. <laughs> I could have been in the sequel to uh, Christmas Carol. <laughs> Scrooge yeah. and the Drunk Baby. Um, like, yeah, I did like. Before the, this gets um, into being a Decemberist song. <laughs> um, I, I did um, really. I think the thing I liked best about Malevolence was um, the drawings of the sort of Mag's shadowy figure sort of turning up to, to haunt Billy. Um, so he sort of turns up at the windows mm. like when Billy's brushing his teeth and, like, appears just, like, creeping in the background of a crowd scene on TV. Um, and uh, my favourite one is that um, uh, Billy is uh, out of the swimming pool diving for quoits. Quoits? Quoits. Quoits. With a New York accent. Quits! <laughs> um, and um, he dives to the bottom of the pool and um, he sees the, the, the dark huddled figure of Mags just sort of underwater in the corner of the pool. I thought that was pretty great. That was that, that, se- that whole sequence is very good. I mm. did feel we see a bit too much of Mags a bit too early myself. Um, mm-hmm. I would have liked um, to build the tension a bit more before we saw Mags myself mm-hmm. um, like yeah. it, it feels like Mags is hanging out all over the place <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the art is creepy enough that it does remain creepy mm. yeah lots of uh, dark scribbly pencil um, yeah yeah I, I liked the kind of scribbliness of it actually mm. quite a bit yeah Yeah, but how um, do you feel Mag sort of worked as the antagonist? Um, no, I mean it's it's kind of it's sort of entering into the um, territory of mental illness and and horror, um, which is obviously a big trope that we haven't really um, encountered so far. Um, and no, it's in a, a lot of adult, a lot of adult horror. Uh huh. Yeah. Like, I could list off so many films that include it, but it hasn't cropped up as much as one might expect with children's horror. Hmm. Um. So you know, Mags is scary and violent, and at least assumed to be uh, mad in in the mould of sort of many kind of asylum horror stories. Um. And it doesn't do anything different with that trope, 
which, I mean, it, maybe it doesn't really need to. Um, it is quite a sort of straightforward ghost story. Um, but yeah, not my favourite. <laughs> I guess. I guess there's the question of okay, if this is an actual local ghost story. Mm. Should it be changed, or what would be the meaning of it being changed? Um, it's tricky, I guess, because I suppose a lot of folkloric stories are going to be problematic because they're often steeped mm -hmm. in fears of otherness and yeah. indifference or just in plain prejudicial attitudes. Um, there's the question of should we repeat these stories, I guess, or if we're repeating them should these be subverted um hmm. i guess there'd be a way to do that within the frame narrative perhaps um while keeping the central story the same hmm. um but i can understand also that as a writer tom seems to care a lot about kind of economy of expression like, mm -hmm. there's very little kind of real exposition in any of these free graphic novels. Yeah. Like, they do seem to be just recountings of stories. Um, mm. So, yeah, maybe in the future it's something he could look more into. Hmm. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Mag uh, that aside, I think Mags is definitely a... A very scary antagonist with a uh, a scary desire for people's tongues. <laughs> um, wow. <yeah. laughs> um, um, so I think it works quite well. So I think I somewhat, perhaps ironically, prefer, preferred the other two graphic novels. So Hallows Fell and The Eerie. So The Eerie is the second one. Um, mm. which a photojournalist called Rebecca goes to the southern coast of England and um, encounters, well, the, the, the ghosts, I suppose, of various nasty smugglers. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I think defaming smugglers is fine. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really liked the... I really like the art for that one. It's probably the art for that was possibly my favourite, the three. Um, okay. I, I don't know. I, I found it genuinely uncanny. Like, all mm -hmm. the people looked just slightly off. And, like, the expressions were quite unreadable. Um, mm -hmm. And, again, I've lived... I did my postgrad in Devonshire. Uh, not saying the locals were like that, um, <laughs> but but I thought it, it captured that part of the country. It felt the most kind of location specific, perhaps because of the smugglers' connection. But mm. that's the one which felt most firmly rooted in place to me, which I think is yeah. what I want from a ghost story. Okay, yeah, it definitely felt quite folk horror. I think that one. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I am a bit of a sucker for folk horror. Um, <laughs> having le recently listened to the brilliant evolution of horror, uh, Mike Munker's <laughs> podcast on on folk horror, um, quite into it. 
at the moment. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then Hallows Fell is uh, also rural. It's set in... Hallows Fall. Oh, Fall. Um, mm. Is set in Kent's Bluebell Hill or around that kind of region. Yeah. And I don't know Kent nearly as well as um, the southern coast. But, yeah, I guess for me, I tend to like those locations more than London. But then, you know, I'm a country mm-hmm. boy, so... <laughs> Um, so you know it's probably partly what you can relate to right like I've spent a fair amount of time walking around woods late at night and that's mm-hmm. creepy to me um, I've spent less time exploring abandoned buildings in London <laughs> yeah and I don't I don't think I've done that either I don't think <laughs> not, not even in your wild freegan skipping days <laughs> I'm, I'm not ruling it out entirely but i can't think of a specific abandoned building oh, maybe it's been repressed maybe it was so spooky <laughs> maybe <laughs> um, um but yeah i like um i like the different locations and how they're they're specifically tied to the different locations um i think that works well yeah um so I guess selfishly, I'd quite like a black shuck one. Um, if you're listening, Tom, mm-hmm. um, because then, then, then it could be set in Suffolk, the spookiest county. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not official or anything. <laughs> that's, 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 that's what I'm claiming. Um, I mean, one one of our beers is called Ghost Ship. So. Hmm. Cool. Although the real spooky thing is that with climate change, apparently uh, beer is going to become less and less produced and less available. That is the real horror. Well, yeah, well, you know, I thought I'd already talked about Brexit, so I thought I'd get the kind of bigger, bigger picture horror <laughs> as well, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> um I liked uh, in Hallow's Fall that the horrible guy got, like, sacrificed by his fiance. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty horrible. Yeah, I mean, it reminded me of, you know... <laughs> um, you know, in, in The Shining, when... When... Uh, when... Uh, uh, when like you know, I was watching The Shining and and we're like, lock him in the freezer, Shelley, lock him in the freezer, <laughs> that kind of thing. That, that this guy did get metaphorically locked in the freezer, which yeah. was good. I'm glad. I mean, yeah. Well, we've discussed Kubrick, I think, on this podcast before, and <laughs> both of our warinesses about Kubrick <laughs> and the fact that he seems to be a little bit too much in love with his evil masculine protagonists. Yes. Um. So yeah, I was glad that this, if not evil, but quite uh, boorish and unpleasant. Well, it was sort of like a, a yuppie, a yuppie from a nineties sketch show. Yeah. Like he made me think of like a kids in the hall yuppie that'd be played by Bruce. <laughs> the big watch. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. But yeah, I think the thing that. 
I like least about all these stories is um, how unlikable the characters are. Um, well, the teenagers in uh, Malevolence sure swore a lot, I thought. I mean, uh, they were very sweary. They were very yeah. sweary children. <laughs> <laughs> it was all, yeah. I don't know. You wouldn't have caught me swearing not... like that. Or if I did, I would go and wash my mouth out with soap. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I only actually did that once. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't advise uh, it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I just found it a bit sweary and cynical and grouchy um, for my tastes. Yeah, where's the love? <laughs> Where is the love? That's what we wanted our horror, more love. <laughs> Maybe I just want cosy horror. Oh, cosy horror. Yeah, we're a long way from the Pogles. Um. Um, no, I, I do know what you mean. I mean, I struck. It's something that happens in horror, I think, and I do struggle with it, actually. I read. Um, Peter Straub's ghost story recently, um, mm. which is effectively creepy, but yeah, has a lot of kind of boorish men and generally not very likable characters, and mm -hmm. it's quite a long novel. And I just kind of felt oh, like I don't really want to have to spend all this time in your company. <laughs> yeah, which isn't so much an issue to be fair with with a short graphic novel. Because, yeah. you know, it, it's not like a whole novel. Um, yeah. But mm. at least they had characters. I mean, I love John G. Ito's stuff. Um, I'm a big fan. But I will say that one of his weaknesses is that sometimes the characters do lack character. Mm -hmm. That he's so good at coming up with these monsters or, you know, bizarre twists that sometimes the characters are very bland so mm -hmm. yeah these characters aren't the most likable but they do feel like real characters you know i i had a sense of all of them which was good yeah um so if you are in the mood for kind of traditional creepy ghost stories with uh dark and scritchy art um mm -hmm. you can find tom on twitter at man o ghosts, so uh, like a man of war, but uh, man o ghosts, all one mm -hmm. word, um, and yeah, that has links to um, his big cartel shop, where you can buy uh, special editions of the graphic novels for Halloween, and there's currently a sale on. So yeah, if it sounds like your cup of joe, I think generally we recommend them. Yeah, they're pretty good and spooky. Yeah. Don't know. Uh, oh, do we have a texture of the week? Do we have a texture? I do. Oh, do you? gosh, I don't know if I, I, I do. Well, I'm sure I have okay. objects around to make sounds with somewhere. But that's the most important bit. God, I'm going to have to like really reach up to one of these high shelves now. <laughs> I think I'm so. Oh, my gosh. I've kind of got through most of the objects down here. What's, what's this? Touch that off. Texture, 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 texture,
We <laughs> I genuinely did kind of hurt my knee. <laughs> oh no! Oh, I, I did a kind of comedy pratfall, which is silly because no one can see it, and in doing it, <laughs> I kind of hurt my knee. Oh dear! Because I'm old. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Where your noise is there, just just you falling. <laughs> well, it started out as me deliberately falling because I didn't have any noises to make, um, and then my deliberate fall became a sort of semi-real fall when I hurt my knee. Oh dear! Oh uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I've fallen in the fire. Oh, my toes. That, it was a tree. I just climbed out up. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh, I think I tripped on a badger. <laughs> a bit of Noel Fielding animal whimsy uh, there for all of you Bake Off lovers. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. Uh, okay, okay, so for me, I would say Mags's nose. Okay. Um, I just liked generally the kind of I don't know if it's exactly wartiness. Like, I don't know. I could imagine, like, snipping bits of Mags off with some scissors, you know? <laughs> like, sort of snipping mm -hmm. off the end of his nose. Yeah. Like, you got some scissors. Yeah, yeah. I could have used those for texture <laughs> the week. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, yeah. So, yeah, the flesh of Mags. Mm. Well, mine is uh, quite adjacent to that because I'm going to say uh, the hair of Mags. Um, <laughs> the flesh of Mags and the hair of Mags. Um, specifically when um, Billy is in the video shop that he works in and uh, he hears a noise and he sort of leans up, down under the stacks and you can just see sort of the upside down straggly ends of Mags' hair uh, and then sort of the top of his head creeps down and then his eyes. Um, but just the, the sort of the, the straggly hairs hanging down, I thought was a pretty good creepy texture. <laughs> yeah. Good old scraggliness. <laughs> Have some scraggles. <laughs> well, I, think, I, think, I think that might have to be my, uh, my parting words. Okay. Have some scraggles, creepy kids. Halloween <laughs> scraggles. Yeah. Um, so um, that's been Malevolence by Tom Burgess. Um, you can find us on Twitter at, at StillScaredPod or email us at StillScaredPodcast at gmail.com. Our intro music's by Maki Yamazaki, our outro music's by Joe Kelly, and our artwork is by Letty Wilson, who also, incidentally, has a very good and pretty creepy comic called A Stranger Came to Town, which um, I highly recommend uh, while we're talking about comics. Oh, thank you. I haven't checked it out, so I think I will. Hmm. All right. <laughs> um, and uh, here's to uh, another year of... Um, Creepy, spooky, whatnots. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> eat too much choco. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.